Irish, and today I'll be talking with Kira Nye. It's going to be a very interesting topic and conversation. Really looking forward to it. I especially like the idea of like self-expression and creativity. So let's go. You, yeah, Kira. Can I start you? Thank you. A bit of Irish and then a bit of English and then we'll dive into it. So, is Phila Ikira Nye, a will a quid Philichta late aki in New Auroch in London, Savrishail, Satulin, Agaswalia in Erin. File Sheikh Seher da quid in Irish Yexula, and as Icarus Agascor in a mask. Is Ambassador I Lahoris Scrivenori in Erin. Hovon a hor an hor rupa erach atach goyeluchi, Augusta a kid knusach flirte idolafe eki filaher. So Kira is Irish Writer Centre Ambassador and was Dublin City University's Writer in Residence in 2020. Kira is the founder of REC, that's R E I C, a monthly bilingual spoken word and open mic night that features poetry, music, storytelling, and rap. She has performed internationally in New York, London, Brussels, Sweden, and across Ireland. Her work has been published in a variety of journals, including Icarus, and Yes, and Core. She was chosen for Poetry Ireland's Introductions series in 2017. She is co-founder of the arts collective that we'll definitely talk about, Eirach Atach Gaelach, and her first project with the group was selected for the Abbey Theatre's 5x5 in 2020. The video for Phenomenal Woman, a 2018 commission about the Ladies Gaelic Football Association, was viewed over 300,000 times and probably and counting, and brought her work to uh, wider attention. Other commissions include RTE TV, BBC Radio, TG4, whoa, and the Irish Writers' Centre. Her poetry collection is forthcoming. So, Kira, what's your It's a real privilege to have you here. Um, you call yourself a poet. Wouldn't that be right? You do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think at yeah. the start, when I started writing poetry, people said, you're a poet. I used to get embarrassed. And actually, it was only last year, on one of the only nights out that happened in 2020, you know, a socially distanced kind of one that um, on the side of the street, <laughs> you know, like I, I was, we were talking to someone and she said, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a poet because I'm so used to people kind of, they, they, people find that quite interesting, but so I kind of make light of it or something. And she turned to me very seriously. And I remember, because it's one of the only social interactions I had in 2020. Yeah. She said, 
don't don't say it like that don't laugh at yourself like don't make it like make it small and I was like oh yeah actually I should be proud of what I do because I am proud of it but it's just in that moment when somebody is telling you that they are a teacher or a fireman or you know mm. an accountant and you say I'm a poet and you kind of feel well I felt <laughs> that I had to say like ah, I know it's I know it's unusual but I actually took a real lesson from that that I should just say I'm a poet like that's a fact so yeah. it's okay <laughs> And like, were you writing poetry for a long time before you came to that moment? Um, yeah, I've been writing poetry since I was about, since I could write. So I used to always, always write. And I have I, like books from when I was a child up until, you know, my, through the teenage years, all the angsty mm. poetry. Mm. Um, but I think I only started really taking it seriously or doing it kind of publicly or like in, in the way I'm doing it now when I was about 22, 23. Well. Like, why I'm very interested to speak with you, like, I got to know you kind of online. I, I see you online. I see stuff you're putting out. And I've seen, from what I can see externally, this journey in life you've been going through. Like, when I got in touch with you, probably originally some email, I don't think you were identifying as a poet. Mm, you know, yeah. so that's very different. Um. It kind of reminds me of the idea of Gwelyor. Um, we say it by as Irish that you're going from a learner, just a learner, hmm. to being like a practitioner of yeah. the language, uh, borrowing from like yoga, that you can ha have Gwelyor and just use it every day. And you'll eventually become a speaker, but to make it part of your identity, so there's this kind of baggage with you probably can't call yourself a Gwelyor if you're not fluent, I, I, I guess. What do you think? Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I found that, um, like a lot of things, that it's interesting you bring up identity because there's so many questions of identity that I find really interesting. But with Gwelyor, yeah, it was like one day I wanted to be a Gwelyor. This was my ambition. And then it actually happened that I somehow went past that. And one day... I actually no longer wanted to, I was like, I'm not a quail gore. And I, I realized mm. that because the reason I'd gone past it is people kind of load it kind of negatively, especially in Ireland. Like they say, oh, she's a quail gore. And it's almost like with an mm. eye roll, as if it means like you're so passionate that you're really annoying <laughs> or something. Um, yeah. So that's what happened to me. But like now, I mean, that was a few years ago. And now, like, I really don't care if someone says I'm a quail gore or an Irish speaker or a quail or whatever, like, to you know. It's the mm -hmm. same thing, really. Interesting, yeah. So um, I shouldn't read too many YouTube comments, but like we do reply to YouTube comments with bite size. Uh, but one of them recently was I was presenting an idea and it was Asperla. And uh, the comment was, This is Roverlach Dumse, Neil Founder Meshtaklishatta, Ken Fanakul Duglart, as Gwelga. So I feel this real tension that we're doing this interview. I'd prefer to be speaking Irish, to be honest. Mm. Um, but the people I feel I want to help, uh, I think the connection is through English, mm. really. You know, do you feel any type of tension like that for what you're producing? Kinta, August Tegum did go home long, like Tasha Ashtafmar, like Vexha Wadney Snodder had doing it, Vegler Quelgan and Akeda. I guess we can make tour for the Fujara. Oh, sudden own and fuckle shin. I guess there she is. I guess you know we can make foul monocle. Famous, yeah. Ah, 
because we're speaking English, we are losing um, a whole layer of the interaction, you know, that we could be having. Like you, you might be thinking, oh, it's mad here uses that phrase from Kodamara, she uses that one from Kerry. And you'd actually be taking it all in on board on this, like, not even subconscious, Dude. just like above the level while you're still above, mm. yeah, while you're still talking. Um, but I, I, I do try and make an effort with a lot of the stuff I do, a lot of my poetry. I literally make one poem and make another poem, and they're supposed to be the same poem. Like they're supposed to be a translation. It's one's in English and one's in Irish. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and sometimes I do things macaronically, so the whole poem is bilingual, and the other one I'll give an English full translation. Um. But yeah, I say my content that I make on YouTube as well. It's called What the Fuckle, that it's supposed to be introducing people who are learning Irish to the language. And I suppose it kind of fits uh, with kind of like what you said is a really good line, like the people I want to help. Um, mm -hmm. Because I don't think that anyone who's fluent in Irish, um, like who's from the Goeltacht of it, like will necessarily be wanting to learn Irish from me, <laughs> you know? So why I wouldn't, it wouldn't really make sense to give the, the um videos in irish yeah yeah um, although i do i have done a bit with some of my tiktoks where i've done it in english and irish because i don't think everybody knows about etymology of words so that might be helpful mm. for people and uh, it's very interesting yeah i think but i do think there's something a bit strange with some people who never speak irish but they kind of have a career out of the language but like they don't use it at all apart from i don't know it's weird do, do you know what i mean yeah <laughs> there is a there's a strangest strangeness there like at, at least i tell myself like if i'm journaling say it's Asquilga. um mm -hmm. i've got two sons that i'm going up I, i'm bringing up with Gaelge, and they speak slovin with my wife and there's english between myself and my wife so it's a real mix um I definitely curse in English. So if you attacked me on the street, I'd be like, okay, I can't, I can't say it here but on YouTube. But <laughs> <laughs> it would come out as barely. Does so that happen English. often that people attack you on the street? <laughs> it's only happened once or twice. You're giving a bad, they're even a really bad name to Limerick now. That's not allowed. <laughs> I know. That's outside of Limerick, I swear, completely outside Limerick. Uh, I know, yeah. just after that article recently, wasn't there some article by about the Stripe Lads or something that really tried to characterize it in a really bad light? Yeah. yeah, and um, it got into Forbes, I guess, is the thing that really upset people. But, like, mm. the people of Limerick really united and, um, like, uh, I'm really proud to be part of Limnach. Mm. Um, and absolutely it's this it's just this hangover idea that oh yeah it no, doesn't completely. match yeah 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 so uh do ashter nation gaelge kadaste sha arev gaelge got sawalia no konas arinitu naska sha listen janga um nirev gaelge um sawalia so um i wasn't raised with irish ach nirevime harter do yeg vi muntori gom vi anwa um, Vishid, you know, I grind pushed. So when I was about 12, I had teachers who were doing job sharing and they just made the language so fun. Or I, and I'm, I'm just kind of naturally very interested in the way language forms together. So um, I remember being 12 in the class and learning that like, if you add all in front of any word, it means like a large version of. So I remember pasht and ulfeish, skull and ulskull, marga and ulvarga. And I was like, this, this language is great. Like, and 
now that I'm a bit older and I know a little bit more about language, I know that it's because, you know, English maybe like a few hundred years ago started pulling in words from all these different languages. And so in English, there's about seven different words for the same thing and not all the words relate to each other and the spelling system is not regular and there's like a million irregular verbs and like it's just English is completely all over the place and then when I was finally when that was when I was about 12 when I learned how regular Irish is and how if you know this word you can make another word and it's all you know there's only a few irregular verbs and the rest of it's so normal you know it's just so easy to predict Um, I just thought this language was great and it had the added advantage that like I knew even though my parents didn't speak Irish, I came from the background where they put a cultural value on the language. So as I learned more, they were clearly quite proud of me and they would, you know, they'd be telling people, oh, our daughter, like Tashi Leofa, like she's, she's fluent and she's learning. And um, it, I just followed the language then. Um, I went to the Gaeltacht every year in Klosh de Chamwish. Uh, and I, when I was leaving school, I had a lot of other ideas of what I was going to do. But what happened was I just knew because of my background and that I had no other reason to speak Irish, if I didn't study Irish in university, that I would just never speak it again. Um, so I studied it in university and yeah, Shanae. And what was that like um, in university? Um, you could have like modules that aren't that interesting. Um, were you able to kind of connect deeper with your Irish through that experience? If I'm honest, my Irish wasn't good enough for the university level. And I'm not sure, um, I, I went to Trinity College and I'm not sure, um, I do know in UCD, I think they have a lot more courses to kind of help students adapt. They, I, when I was did my master's in UCD and I did, there's a course called, uh, um, it was all about learning Irish or using Irish at university. And they taught them how to use folklore, taught them how to use all these different tools and how to recognize different types of Irish language, just really how to get to grips with it. Whereas like I was just thrown in trying to read Skelta, like Gyar Skelta Ekine, like with, uh, with Irish from not an, like a Gael school. I, I didn't know that there was, um, I didn't understand that there was masculine and feminine words. I think I knew on some level, but I didn't understand. And like people could say, well, you could have learned that for yourself. Well, I could have, but I was also like a 16, 17 year old person. <laughs> and I wasn't particularly, even though I liked the language, like I wasn't the type who would actually, I don't know, I don't, I can't explain it exactly, but I, I know a lot of people who said the same thing. Um, friends of mine who now speak fluently, who just didn't know basic grammar points when they started university. Um, so I think it was a bit too challenging for me, like some of the modules were, um, and, and I did all right because I studied and, you know, I tried, but I don't think it met me on my level. So I was just really, really trying to keep my head above water, whereas if they'd come and met me where I was, I could have gotten a lot more out of the course. Um, but mm -hmm. that's, you know, it's not necessarily the university's fault that I wasn't ready for university after completing my secondary school education. Yeah. And so between, say, your poetry and performance, um, uh, there's an element of self-judgment or possible like having that self-critic. Um, do you have that inner critic? Not well, but could you go back to like, no, no, I should not talk. I should go to like, um... <laughs> 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 like, mm. like, 
nie nie sort excuse session um ach bin glorbeer nem gut grail ge neil an arus shevu kartegom um as sort kinanenschen me sheer piece no to mischte dem kinal me hin sheer ach genem kene an grail ge nam ke chang as lauer mischmori yum i august am i guzadi am i like fein um definitely start inner critic and shinigum. Um oh yeah, kita vech quid the shin own as doha um usarum gwelga gachla lemakorza agis le groupi eggsula olum gwintochlo agis like braham kinal erhli gur you know ta sail three gwelga gum. So like because I'm kind of living my life through Irish, I do feel very connected with the language. Like I don't feel like I'm appropriating it when I'm speaking because it's not like I'm just using it for a poem. It's like it's completely natural for me to write poems in Irish because I live, you know, a hefty percentage of my life through the language um, in a way. So but I do like I think I do always feel this weird thing. And I, I've written about this in some poems that I have. Like I have a poem called um, And Viela Erfad, where I kind of imagine myself as like this ratty fox from the city. And then all the like Irish speakers from the Goyal Tachti are these like gorgeous country foxes mm. who are all healthy okay. and well fed. But I think there's an element of that. But then I've met so many people from the Goyal Tacht, I think over the years, who've said like, oh, I really enjoy your work. And I've been like, you? Mm-hmm. Like my work? I'm not worthy. But um, yeah, I think I've kind of gotten over it a bit. Cool. A bit. Fair play. Mahu, <laughs> <laughs> like. Um, so you were publishing stuff online like you had a memes as going if i remember right oh memes yeah memes as going get right i remember my brother was saying memes and i said like this is years ago and i I said no amen it rhymes with um cream and then he said mccrem and i was like that's not Um, yeah, I had that years ago. That was like when memes first came out. It was like 2011 or something. I made a memes Maguaga page. Um, I was in, I was still in college at the time. And it was all the early memes, like the, with that had like faces with all the lines, you know, the what, what yeah. like dogs and cats and frogs. And I don't yeah, even was... have an example. Yeah. Of these, <laughs> but... They're, it's so funny because you can see how memes have evolved over the years. Like they used to be these kind of basic 2D things. Um, that were kind of just they worked on one level and now they're all very self-referential and like it's mm. it's what's well, the whole nature of memes but yeah I had that years ago and it was really funny because it was like you know it was memes Nguelga, but people didn't know it was me who was behind it so it's like my okay. secret identity <laughs> so okay. they'd be like did you see this meme and I'm like I made that <laughs> <laughs> and so you were in college like you weren't uh, still at school when you published this thing the memes no no i i was doing my uh, english and irish course i think i was in third year okay and yeah. so what gave you that inspiration because i'm asking because you can see a progression with you since then you've basically been publishing online since so oh. there must have been some kind of creative energy or or something that you wanted to produce like Um, yeah, I suppose I, I did. And I do remember at that time, like I was nervous kind of about putting stuff online because I was afraid of my grammar. Um, so just back to what you were saying before. 
Um, and I should say, I do feel bad that I said I didn't feel ready for the course in Trinity because like the lecturers were fantastic. Like mm -hmm. they're amazing, amazing. And like, I actually ended up doing really well. Like it's not that I didn't, but I just feel like there could have been more basic things that I learned because that, that's all I meant. I do feel like I didn't portray that right. But um, yeah, I think I always wanted to create things. Um, but like a lot of young people, maybe I felt very kind of hampered by what other people would think. Um, you know, so I, even though I would have loved to have gone up on stage and performed poems when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, like it really took me until I was 23 to be able to get on stage. And even then, like I was really scared. Like the first time I, I ran a poetry night, like I was so nervous. There was a room of 60 people looking at me and I was like, why did I do this? Like, why did I organize this? But what you don't realize is that no one else is wondering why you organized it and no one else is you know they're just enjoying the night mm. they're, they're not saying Kira's so bad she left a shabu out like <laughs> mm. but um I definitely felt a lot of pressure but I think maybe that's just one of those things that if you want to do something you you just do it despite the fact that you feel the fear um and like all the pressure yeah like if we jump over to Eirach Atach Gaelic am I saying Atach right because I haven't uh, actually yeah. heard it pronounced Queer Arts Collective. So the bio I have, um, Group of Kaintori Gaelga LADT Plus, Ata Erech Atach Gaelach, as Tashemar Aim, Aka Seher Il Disciplinach, Erbert Marcheluere, the Starna Gaintori Gaelga LADT Plus. Erech Atach Gaelach, our group of LGBT Plus Irish speakers who plan to develop a bilingual multidisciplinary piece of work that celebrates the history of LGBT plus Irish speakers. So is this like we're talking about a sense of identity? There's definitely different layers to you and your kind of self-expression. And is it self-acceptance? Yeah, there's is definitely. All this? Um, yeah, that that. Uh, blurb that you read I think was for the from the Abbey five by five okay uh, that was our first kind of gathering that we had as a group so I set up Erech Atach Gaelach with uh, Owen McAvoy who's a friend of mine and he works in UCD and he's he's a poet and he draws and he's very creative altogether um, but we're both queer we both speak Irish and we both noticed that there's loads of people who are queer and who speak Irish who also make art um, so mm we said we really would like to get all these people together and see what this creative, these creative energies could do together. And also just to create kind of a cohesive group because there's so many people, but yet kind of the last thing people think of when they think of Guelga is LGBT. Um, just because, yeah. of, because of these, there's a connection, people imagining a connection between the Irish language and Catholicism or like, um, old things that are traditional or old-fashioned or conservative but like the thing about Irish is that Irish is older than the word you know Ireland like Irish has you know it's wow, it's been yeah. here for a long long time and there's been queer Irish speakers there's been everything you can imagine it's happened in Irish and it still is so we reject that kind of categorization of the language and of its speakers. Mm. We do get a bit of this at bite size, the kind of the traditional view, maybe from outside of Ireland. So there's a whole mix of people we're in touch with. Um, a lot from outside of Ireland, more and more within Ireland, people coming back to Gaelga, which I mm. love. And I love focusing or at least helping that cohort of people. Um, 
but we do get definitely there's questions of like what prayers do you use on with this assumption that all that goes together mm. and I'm like well no like that's not part of my my, my life or my identity mm. you know um so that's interesting that you're 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 pushing the boundary because you're making a statement with the group that like this is a, a group of people that you're you're working together this creative energy you said mm. and so what has come out of the group it's actually been great because we were all working away on our own but we hadn't really um it, it just gave us something to I don't know hang it all on like whenever anyone from the group gets a commission or wins a prize or anything it's in the newsletter and we can all cheer each other on um yeah. and it's kind of Owen also is involved with the queer Cora, which is um, an LGBT <laughs> conversation circle and it used to happen in person once a month and now it happens online twice a month and um, just because mm -hmm. of COVID um but he has an Instagram page for that it's just queer Cora, and he uses that for the Quirkle Cora, but also kind of as a archive um, and a curation of LGBT happenings in Irish. Um, and it's just like, if you to go through it and see all the different people and all the exciting things they're doing, like writing plays, writing songs, um, like just, just various performances in drag. Like there was the first ever Draglin last year by Kitty Nihulahan. Um, so it was a drag show with loads of different performers using Irish and I just, it's really nice to see it as kind of a movement of people who are all queer, who all speak Irish, and it's not a big deal. It's just the way our yeah. lives are, you know? And it was yeah. there before, but now it has like an umbrella, you know, to be to fall under. Yeah. Um, I saw yourself and Owen McAvoy, you uh, interviewed Owen, I, I think. Yeah. And um, you covered like creativity and even the banner on the video, that like there's loads of color. I love it. It's a very expressive. Yeah. Um, so I guess self-expression is one thing I'd like to mention because we have we, we kind of work off this framework at Bites as Irish. It's by an author called Robert Green and a book called Mastery. But he's got an article on Medium that gives a quick summary as well. Uh, the basic idea he has, he looked back at how people got good at something over the ages and um so like jumping in with intensity and really studying what you're trying to study really pays off later on and the framework has steps so you go from that to starting to test out socially what you've learned now in our case it's language learning and Robert Green does cover that too but his kind of ultimate thing is you're moving towards self-expression um so in our case someone being able to express themselves as now that's one thing i struggle with because i can express myself better in english like all the media like i've spent thousands more hours reading and consuming english than irish and that's a fact of life to be honest like i'm not going to force myself to watch tg Cahar just because there's something else interesting on youtube for me to absorb like yeah um i suppose a tangent question right do you work on the guelga you have are you do you like um add to the richness of your guelga like on purpose do you work at it um uh, um 
I yeah, definitely. I think that's what I was kind of saying earlier on is that if we were speaking Irish to each other right now, I'd be learning from you and I'd be hearing new phrases and um, like very possibly taking them on or I'd like look them up later and say, oh, that's a great thing. I'll use that in future when I am in this situation. Um, so I'm constantly learning things. And like if I find something that fits, I'll just always use it. And what's funny is that I, I always remember who gave it to me as well. So I have all these phrases mm. and I, I know who I learned them from and when I learned them and in what context. And when I use them again, I always think of that person. So I'm always... Um, always taking on things in that way. And I'm lucky because of my job, um, because I do write, and a lot of it involves writing in one language and translating to the other, that I just spend a lot of time on folklore um, and checking what words mean. And yeah, you are right that I would have a much richer, um, like just a much richer variety of speech in English. And I would say things, you know, in English without thinking, like you'd say shower tray, or um, like I, I was I was translating something yesterday yeah. that, that, I, that I wrote in English originally. And I said, oh, I plucked the shower head from its cradle. And I was like, how will I say this mm. in, Irish, in Irish? Like, I, you, I, I don't want to just say I picked up the shower head. Yeah. You, know, mm. that, you do lose something. So then I'm always trying to work something from English to Irish or sometimes the reverse if I wrote it in Irish first, um, which makes me have to examine what I wrote in Irish. And whether, because if I translate it from Irish and it makes very simple English, then I think, oh, well, I have to make that Irish a bit more, um, I have to use it better because there are a lot of different ways you can say things, but you can get lazy, I think, well, I can anyway, in my second language, which is Irish. So how do you deal with that? Like, do you try to enrich in, if you're writing then in Irish? Um, I just, I mean, a lot of, you know, I, writing for me is all about going through drafts and working on the drafts like it, I find it easy to write and then it's hard to edit but I think a lot mm. of people are the same because the editing is where the real work happens um mm. so it's yeah when I'm going through um I will try and get rid of if I'm overusing a verb I might use try to use a different verb or like you know just I do make a conscious effort to try and make my Irish better um which is hard like you said because you hear and speak and write and read a lot less Irish just because of the way the yeah. world is structured. Yeah, and it's our kind of motto of Gaelgagachla. It's like the counter to that. It's like, how do you make sure you don't learn a language? It's like, don't make it part of your everyday life at all, right? Yeah. And you can see people growing up around the world the past generation. English is all around. It's radio, pop songs, everything. Mm and it's osmosis they're just it, it's trickling in and it's trickling into the culture mm -hmm. and i think a fundamental kind of structure to making the language part of your everyday life is like intentionally just like put on radio on a guilt or whatever it is or music mm -hmm. um yeah. mm. It's really interesting what you said about, you know, you're always listening to English and that's why it's so tempting to use English because if you want to make a reference or make a joke, it's just you say one word and if it's, you know, English, it might be recognized by so many mm -hmm. people and they know exactly what you're referring to. So it's just such an easy way in. But at the same time, like conversely, that does mean that when I say something in Irish that refers to specifically something that happened on TG Cash or if I say, mm -hmm. oh, by dad or a yeah. and I'm, I'm referencing Martin Tarjani like the person who understands that joke my connection with them is so much deeper 
because yeah. I know that it's really special. I know there's not many people on earth with whom I'll have that connection. Mm. So there is, there are both sides of it. And language to, to like talk about Grail specifically, I suppose, language doesn't exist on its own. Like it's, it's this vector, it's a connection with other people, right? Mm -hmm. Although I suppose people say they're like digging deeper into who they are. Um, Gabrielle, who used to work at Vice as Irish, she said that um, she feels more herself when she's speaking Osgoelga, or she's like accessing a different part of herself. I mm. thought that was lovely. Yeah, that is not the Sapir Wharf hypothesis that you. Oh, go on. It's that I, I can't know exactly now, I'll probably phrase it wrong, but it's basically that in, in each language there's an entire worldview. You know, so when a language, it's the way, it, and it makes sense, it's the whole way you see the world and the metaphors you use. And, you know, even when I'm speaking Irish, like I'll use all these metaphors that are to do with animals, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it, and it's just, I don't really have much experience on the farm, but just because there are certain metaphors in Irish that are to do with eggs and potatoes and chickens, like that's what I'm speaking in. So it really filters my worldview through um, a different to English. And if you look at the way we, we speak English nowadays as well, we speak a lot of like kind of internet metaphors, like upload, download, and mm. uh, even in our everyday speech. Um, so I find that really interesting. And as well that you can, you can get across a different humor in different languages. Um, and I think there's, there's something about the well, certain speakers of Irish. I don't want to generalize because I think sometimes people say like, oh, Irish is so spiritual or so this, that, or the other. And at the end of the day, it's just a language like other languages are. But mm -hmm. I, do, I do agree that languages have different qualities to them. And you, it just feels different, yeah, when expressing yourself in different languages. Mm. I suppose it's easy to jump on the examples like your emotions are upon you, Oscar. Mm. It's quite aligned to, I guess, Buddhist methodology. Um, yeah. I, I guess that's easy to say, but... Uh, I haven't dug into that concept much, but um, place names kind of jump to mind now because in Irish, our place names is all about the countryside, the landscape, the rock that was there in the corner. It's like the mm -hmm. field with the rock. Yeah. Um, and since English has taken over, let's say, um, it's this disconnection with where we live and the landscape we're living on. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting as well because in Irish like if you speak a lot of people who would be native speakers who might work the land or work spend a lot of time on, in land or going places will use a lot of the uh, directions so it dull <laughs> I'm so bad at these as well but I try you know so you know so north south east and west and they will speak in these terms of I'm going northeast or um but they'll speak in these terms and like even there's metaphors like Honig Shea Inir Aduiaram Inti and um, they have, I, I remember seeing videos about um, other languages around the world where they use North, South, East and West in speech. And like people literally know where they are orientated and they constantly speak in those terms. So it is yeah. interesting how, um, yeah, like just the language in which you're thinking can, can affect you. Because I have mm. no idea which way I'm orientated as evidenced by <laughs> not even knowing if Northeast is a thing. Yeah, and I wonder that my Irish like has been it has been simplified like let's accept that mm -hmm. um so I I don't have that same like directionality I'd say to my son 
uh, Liam Tarsus Thyra, but I probably should be saying Taranius. Mm. Uh, but I've lost that, to be honest, or a lot of the time. And is that something mm. that you want to work towards, or is it just you've accepted that you don't use it? Um, uh, it took me a long time to accept, first of all. And I do accept it for what it is now. Um, mm. It's a form of Irish, honestly. Um, I guess if I was to to dive deeper into it, it would almost be to like make up for lacks or weaknesses that I feel in me. So maybe that's not a good motivation. Um, but I could see a case where I consciously went and, and dug deeper into Irish. Like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I think if you, for, for me anyway, like, cause, and I brought up the directions because I'm going to be doing a video yeah. on them soon and what the fuck yeah. but like, I do, I do want to be better. Like I want to have richer mm. Irish and I, and I do think it's something I can do over my life, but then I do think it's an awful pity that I'll die and it will die with me. Mm. <laughs> um, but maybe along the way um, I can help other people learn more and that way it will spread, you know? Because yeah, I do, I, I learn from my friends, like, and I, I'm constantly trying to pick things up from people who are better than me. And sometimes we're better than each other in different areas and we all help each other. So, yeah, constantly oh, well, yearning. Mm, it, it chimes back very well to, like, I've seen so many people connecting with Gwenge, but then kind of pulling back and not letting themselves enjoy the language because this self-judgment again. Um they they feel that others let's say a simple example others in their Irish language class they're better than me you know I'll never be as good as them they're just languages people or whatever yeah um, but it's more about trusting the process I think it's interesting I always find that people say oh you're such a languages person I don't know if that's a thing maybe mm. it is um I, I I've no idea but like a lot of people speak English fine but maybe you know, when people say, I'm not a languages person, I'm like, you speak great English. Like, I'm sure. <laughs> maybe if you'd also gone to university and studied Irish and like made a huge effort mm -hmm. to have a social life through Irish, you would also speak Irish like me. You know, like I gave myself every advantage because I was very focused on mm. what I wanted. Um, so obviously, if I'd gone to university and studied law and not thought about Irish for the last seven years or, you know, I wouldn't be at the stage I'm at now. Yeah. Um Let's jump over. There was uh, the pronunciation now. Auron Garludach. Garludach, yeah. Um So I've got like literally 10 seconds of the song to play. So let's go. It's just beautiful and it really drew me in when I was watching it, Kira. Um, so we'll put a, a link to all these, you know, that's on, available on YouTube. Can you tell me about that song? Yeah, it's um, a song that I wrote. I wrote it in English originally for the Liverpool Irish Festival. Um, so Darluduk's song. Um, and Darluduk was a nun who was very close to St. Bridget. Um, and it said that they were Anam Horda, uh, which means like soul friends, which is kind of this uh, religious thing, which means they're like friends in God. I don't exactly know what it means. It doesn't translate as soulmates, but it's just, it's an important relationship in your life um, and in your worship, I think. 
Um, so they're both nuns and they it said that they shared a bed and that they had a very strong love. Um, and I learned that the day Bridget died, Darludoch wanted to die with her, but Bridget made her promise to um, stay for another year on earth. And then a year later on the day, the same day um, uh, that Bridget died, which is the 1st of February, uh, Darludoch also died and uh, they're joined in heaven. But for me, I, it's easy to do a queer reading of that that story. Um, so I wrote the song based on that. Cool. I have to say I wasn't familiar with Darludach, so I I did a yeah. bit of reading on Wikipedia. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for that inspiration. And then, did you um, write this as a song? Was it a, a poem that that changed, or how did it go? Yeah, I actually um, I've been working with my friend Aoife. She's also a member of Erechat Gaelic, and she's a beautiful singer and performer. Um, and she uh, had written the music, it was in the background of a video that I made, um, a poem that I made. And she just did such a, an amazing job, like exactly what I asked for, she did, and it just fitted perfectly. Um, so I just kind of wanted to write a song. Um, I, I like singing, but it was one of those things where, you know, you talked about... Um, self-expression and self um kind of fulfillment maybe mm -hmm. earlier and definitely there is a journey in my life of seeing something and wanting to achieve it and thinking oh I could never do that and then saying maybe I'll try it and then kind of it's snowballing from there so it happened yeah. with, the, with the Irish language it happened with poetry and um, it happened with kind of getting involved with uh, LGBT like more publicly and more vocally LGBT like I'm gonna say issues but themes I suppose mm -hmm. um and then it's happening kind of with music as well in that like I kind of was afraid to go next to music because I'm aware that I don't know as much as other people do. Um, but I also like I know some things about music and I really enjoy um, music. I'm like a huge music listener and I used to play the piano and like I wanted to start <laughs> doing things, but I was just so afraid. And um, basically because I just trust Aoife so much, I said, could we write a song together? So I wrote the um lyrics and I asked her for some ideas then of what music it might go with so that helped me write the lyrics kind of in a way that would suit the music she wanted and then she wrote the music and she sent it back to me and like she wrote the harmonies and everything so then we had it so we we did it in English and then I rewrote it and we recorded it in Irish as well but, okay uh, would yeah. you ever call yourself a singer I know this is the thing like <laughs> no and what's what's so funny is that I have another song called um the ruddiest mo nach mahlam fi vanana herden. So it's like okay. what I dislike about Irish women. And I, I sing in that and there's like a background beat. Um, and like, <laughs> I think it's just because I didn't want to use the label of a singer because like, I don't know if it's an Irish thing or what, but like, I'd hate for people to think that I think I'm good or that I think I'm a singer. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, it's just a poem that has music. And I also, I also sing um, <laughs> like it's fine. Um, <laughs> But uh, I think that was it, is that I always kind of thought, oh, one day I'll study it. I'll study it so well and I'll be really mm -hmm. good and then I can do singing. But then I realized that day is probably never going to come. I'm very busy. <laughs> and like, I don't, I think you should just be able to um, try things without thinking you're perfect, you know? So I had oh to get God, over this yeah. thing in my head. Like I had to get over, I'm not perfect, but like I could die next year. And I'd rather have like written some songs and released them now. So I'll just do it. And, yeah. Yeah. And 
that song in particular like it's beautiful like it's it's a real pleasure to listen to thank you yeah so yeah thanks for putting that out there um a bit more of self-expression so you have rick so we'll we'll cover what that is but in your last one in april 2021 you finish the poem i think as um as the door shut i didn't cry and uh, you start dancing (laughs) yeah um which i was like geez fair peter (laughs) (laughs) that was that was really funny um so i wrote a song called the love poem by the leaving about leaving a country and leaving a lover behind and um Owen Holland, who's also who also goes by the moniker Captain A, is a musician and he was working on music one night and he had my poem in a different tab and it started auto-playing or something. And it just so happened, he was explaining to me that it just fitted perfectly with the timing. The rhythm fitted exactly with the whatever beats oh. per minute that he was working on. And he said, maybe I should do these together. So he worked it up and he sent it to me. So I woke up to this gift in my inbox uh, one morning of this really cool song added to my poem which I recorded in my kitchen one day during lockdown. Um, like I'd written it years before, but I'd never shared it. Oh. And this is just one of these things that's really driving me to share more now, because like, just because I recorded that one day and shared it, it's been made into this really cool like track. Um, but there's a minute of music at the end of the track. Um, so I asked Owen if he could send me the music so I'd perform it on stage and he did, but there was still a minute longer than my poem. so. I just thought like the only thing I can really do when I'm alone on a stage is dance. So, and then I thought like, I really don't want to dance. I hate this idea. And I wrestled with it for like a few weeks because it's like, Mm. how terrifying is it to dance on your own on stage in an empty auditorium with live cameras streaming you live across the internet. And it's pretty brave. (laughs) It's like, I really hated this idea, but it's just because I hated it so much. I realized that I had to do it. And like, it's like not a big deal at all. Mm. And I'm so glad I did it because nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, just people watching go fair play. Well, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And the, the funniest thing is I met Owen that night because we were both, I was in Galway for the performance and he lives there. And I told him, or he, he'd watched it and he said, if you'd asked me, I could have just taken out the music. <laughs> <laughs> like, because he'd actually intended that I'd be performing it at a festival and there'd be loads of people there and they'd all talk after the poem and I'd, I'd walk off stage. But instead, I was in an empty auditorium because of COVID and all these cameras on me. But I'm quite glad it happened the way it did. Wow, fair play. So Rick is your project. You created it, right? What is it? It's um, a spoken word event, a bilingual, multilingual spoken word event um, that I've been running for the last six years. Um, So I set it up originally just as part of a local festival here in Dublin called the Five Lamps Arts Festival. and it was really just I was speaking to the director and I really wanted an opportunity to bring all these different spoken word artists who perform in Irish to one event because I was kind of following them separately, but I didn't see them performing at one cohesive event. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got them all together um, and that was the first ever wreck. And like I wasn't sure it was ever going to happen again. Like I said, it was earlier on. It was my first ever time doing a big event like this. And I was in charge and I didn't know how this was happening. But after the event, everybody started asking me when the next one would be on. And I realized then that there would be a next one. So I've just been carrying on since then. Yeah, so we've fantastic. Been, we've been at like festivals like Electric Picnic and Body and Soul and like loads of different kind of arts festivals. That We were at Courts in Galway. That's the one I was just talking about with the dancing. 
Um, and um, yeah, it's 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 a really enjoyable project. The next event will be with the International Literature Festival Dublin uh, next Friday. Fantastic. And uh, like at least some of these are on your YouTube channel, right? Yeah, since COVID, <clears throat> sorry, um, we've had a few events kind of, we had some Zoom mm. live ones, um, some events with like Dublin City Libraries. And also there was a video competition, which was great because it gave people you know, I feel I find with videos, <clears throat> sorry, um, you can just be on a screen <clears throat> or you can let people make a whole creative video themselves. I'm going to jump. Um, so I have a little bit of thing uh, to, to read. So um, it's from Cunis uh, Anish. Um, it's, this is just a, a snippet from your blog. Um, is Omi Rod a commander for Kelt Galehul Tigamid Nachfajan in a vet on Rakentamer Fad, August on Carter Fad, Egan Rotis, Germinic a Brish Bale dinner at Ron. Ach is Amanti Neil and Dara Rauguin, Ach an Irna Ancient. So, um, Cunis and Ish is an interesting one. Um, it was kind of hard for me to conceptualize what it was, but it, from what I understand, it, it's a piece, there's a recording, um, and it's essentially a, around a poem that you wrote. Um, can you describe it a bit more? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, so Cunis Anish was uh, commissioned by Ali Nguyeltachta, um for a conference they were having online. So the conference should have been happening in reality, um, but instead it was an online theatre conference and they were commissioning some theatre pieces from Ireland, Wales and Scotland. So myself and Sam O'Farrig were chosen, he's also a member of Eirach Atuch Gaelach, um, were chosen for the Irish language ones. And I had this piece kind of an idea in my head of, it's just kind of a one scene thing. I started working it um, up during the time at the Abbey 5 by 5 and it's just like a, a kind of one scene out of maybe a longer piece or it could just be a kind of a one act play where there's a, a bridesmaid giving a speech at a wedding and then the poem is the speech. So slowly as the poem goes on, you realize kind of th the truth comes out, I suppose. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give any background to what the story is or let people watch uh, it? No, I think people, I think it, it would kind of ruin it. Um, but it's not yeah. like... It's just a slow burn kind of thing, but I, I find it very interesting that, um, you know, that there are so many emotions hidden every single day and there are so many kind of long held grudges and long held mm -hmm. flames and this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and just that like human reality of life, I suppose, is kind of very fascinating to me. So I made an effort with this piece to capture something of that. Well, yeah, like you look at somebody and you think ah, they're not going through that. But then mm. you kind of realize, sure, we're all the same really in the end. Uh, yeah. They must be thinking the same as well. Like, so I'm interested in Carl Jung um, and part of his kind of theorizing was the shadow self where um, my interpretation of it, just to survive when you're young, like if you're angry, your parents will tell you to shut up and you do um, just so you can survive in the family home and just for example or with friends or at school or whatever it is and 
so let's say if you're angry you suppress that anger and it's like pushed down into the shadow um and then it kind of comes out unexpectedly like you're like where did that come out of mm. um and Jung's process is individuation where you're recognizing more of this and you don't have to express it so you don't have to like punch somebody when you're angry um but you're in just this example you're accepting like okay there's a bit of anger there or whatever it is different mm. emotions that you said so that that kind of it, it jumped out at me that little piece you wrote under the video um because like it is about being truthful with yourself in a way mm. yeah that mm. i that i have kind of a carl young a little finish where um mm. on spatial i think like really knowing yourself is so important but um and I, I spend so much time trying to know myself i don't know if that's a real millennial kind of thing but i don't think it's only in a selfish way i think if you know yourself and you know what you want and how you want the world around you to be that's how you can probably achieve more um because otherwise you're just not thinking for yourself you know yeah absolutely yeah um module i lacht kira is a spare van who if it will care to come in or um on your blog like you you definitely in parts anyway celebrate beauty um <laughs> there's there's a um a video i don't remember the title of it that you have in the sidebar um it's about kind of celebrating life so this is all connected like but um i suppose with with beauty like there's the beauty of the language i, I know you said that irish is just another language like it is it is just another language um I don't know is it the language itself is there like an inherent beauty there or is it kind of the connections we have with the language that it kind of evokes maybe imagery if you, you say that simplistically mm. like do you do you see a beauty in Gaelge? um tashi dacker we're like braham give me an could kind of we all look in the Gaelge. i guess better will be gone the avail alone um you know when people say oh, it sounds like a fairy language or something and mm. like I don't exactly know how to respond to that <laughs> ever because in a way it's kind of I don't know like it's it's I it's usually meant as a benign comment and that's how I take it like it's just somebody trying to say a compliment um but uh I guess it's because it sounds exotic um but so it's kind of an exoticization or kind of othering of the language then mm -hmm. and I kind of think like oh well, it doesn't sound like a fairy language to me it sounds like the way I, you know, order chips or, you know, it sounds very everyday. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But um, also I do think Irish is a beautiful language, but I mean, I think and it's funny because, you know, I, I'd say that and a lot of Irish speakers and Irish learners would say that. Um, and is that because I, that's the reason I learned Irish because I think it's beautiful mm. on some level, because maybe if I didn't think it was beautiful, I never would have learned it. Or maybe if I didn't recognize that. So I don't know which came first. Is it the fact that I know it that I think it's beautiful or the fact that I think it's beautiful that I mm. bothered to know it? But I don't, I don't know. Um, there is a great emphasis in Irish on people being jeshveilach. Um, there's a great oral tradition like at the Arachtis Nasauna, mm. which is the kind of an annual gathering and with lot, 
of Irish speakers and performers at lots of competitions for dance and poetry and all this stuff. Yeah. There's a great emphasis on just being able to, like a lot of the um, competitions revolve around being able to say things nicely. You know, there's even one where you get a topic and you just have to stand up and speak for three minutes about the topic kind of off the top of your head. Like that's a competition. Um, so, and I do think even in, yeah, so I think there there's a specific, and maybe it's because there's less Irish speakers. So when we meet one who is, speaks beautifully, we really, really appreciate it because we're like, you are yeah. rare. That's um, true, yeah. But I don't- There is don't, rarity, yeah. Yeah, because like, do you think, like in English, I don't hear as often people being like, oh, she's a beautiful speaker, <laughs> do you know? Well, you don't, yeah, you, you wouldn't really, unless they were talking about, let's say a poet or literature, uh, 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 what a writer yeah <laughs> <Literature> <laughs> person <laughs> um yeah it's like it's very subjective I guess when I hear the Scandinavian languages like I love hearing Swedish Norwegian I'll watch like crime drama on Netflix because I just I love hearing what they're expressing and mm -hmm. I love the rhythm so there's something I think inherently like uh interesting for me in those languages so i guess i can imagine that somebody is seeing that also somehow like the, there's yeah. probably something inherently interesting about it oh no like the thing is I, i'm the biggest nerd i'm just trying to be careful that i don't fall into the trap of the yeah. irish speaker who always talks about how gorgeous irish is like yeah. i i would like when i'm talking to somebody from donegal and like the way they say their ch is so softly like i love that mm -hmm. like i i zone in on the smallest things and i find them really interesting and really gorgeous um but like i just kind of always come back to this thing that like irish is a language and all languages are just a language and like that they all deserve like they're all great um is mm -hmm. what i'm saying i suppose so the language and the countryside for me, there's a big connection there. And when I like get out past Galway to like on Spidale, mm. there's some kind of atmosphere. I just feel it. There's something there. Um, so you spent time recently in South Kerry. Is that right? Yeah. In so how does that go? Can for everyone. Can for everyone. Can for everyone. Can for everyone. Uh, COVID just um, so it was Christmas time and a group of friends and I like I mean what round of lockdowns were we on round four or something it was we, we there was rumors or maybe it was even said by the government that lockdown would start again immediately after Christmas yes so my friends and I who had said for multiple lockdowns we'd said we really should just get a house down the country and live together because it makes no sense that we can't see each other because we're you know everything is just awkward so that's exactly what we did. We went down for New Year's, but with a bag of stuff and said, if, if a lockdown is announced, this is where we'll stay. And then January became February, became March, became April, mm -hmm. <laughs> became May. And I just moved back um, to Dublin last uh, week. So partly because then, the, and this has been talked about a lot, like in the countryside in Kerry, like nobody lives there in the winter and in the summer, there's a lot of tourists coming in. So it's harder right. to find somewhere to rent. Um, you know, people come for a week at a time and there's more money to be made and that's the there way it is. goes. Yeah. So was this um, an interesting time? Jeez, I'd love to do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we share house, we may have a group of corda, you know, or Gwelga Ku, I guess, Spatia Ku, so Gwelga, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, we're um, So I've never actually lived with Irish speakers before. So it was really nice to have Irish as the language of the house. 
um, like all these things about like pass me the butter. How do I say this? You know, like you don't want to say, could you please give me the butter? Like you need to learn uh, how to say these things. Oh, definitely, like, yeah. Yeah, so that was gorgeous. And obviously the, there is nowhere like Kerry for the Tearcrack. Um, like the, the view is mm -hmm. just incredible which is how I broke my, or, you know, injured my ankle because I was out, <laughs> out for a run in some uneven ground. Uh, but apart from that, it was, yeah, it was just absolutely gorgeous. I guess we should ask, it's Gwael Tachti, freshen. I guess we should go hauling about an on Tango Usad, I guess, a tip on the hotter. So a Revan Gwael Gwael V August Nirev, like is is mm. Gael Tachti Taharaud like Tashi Dakari and of Mak Kainadini you will Gael Gaku, like Rinamur Irfad Irecht, um, August Wulmele Glordini of Gael Gaku. Yeah, Eros, yeah. So Kira will jump like most people. I'd say the best place to find Kira, Mishikira. Dot WordPress dot com. We'll put a link as well. Um, but uh, apart from that, like you're working on. A collection of poems or how would you describe it what do you, what's yeah. what is that project i'm working on my first collection and i'm not exactly sure i really want to tell everyone about it but i'm not exactly sure what the um what i can say yet but it's going to be coming out next year hopefully um probably at the end of the summer um so it's my first ever collection and i suppose that means a lot because you kind of have to decide what are you going to put in and what won't you put in and what style will it be and so i am like very primarily I mean not primarily but very heavily a performance poet and performance is very important to me so I'm just trying to see how I can make that part of the book or have an accompanying element then um, of sound and maybe uh video as well well that sounds intriguing actually because it's more than just a book yeah you're sending it sounds like something bigger or richer but at the same time mm -hmm. I, I think it is nice that people I particularly like having a book, especially when it's a language you might, you know, because I want to have the English and the Irish where available. Mm -hmm. And I like that people could listen and have their own book to doodle on or underline or whatever they want to do. Mm, fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Gurmila Magad. Uh, we'll keep an eye out. So, Kira, um, Gurmila Magad, like, I really enjoyed kind of diving into those topics. Um, and thanks for, like, bringing your whole self and bringing us along the journey. I really enjoyed it. Um, so, on a mishakira.wordpress.com and it's not this far the Queen in Liddell. Yeah, I mean, I've bought mishakira.com, but I haven't done anything with it yet. So that's still pending. <laughs> um, yeah, so Shine and not as far. And I have Instagram and I've started doing TikToks and I have all mm -hmm. these different things. Um, but just trying it all out, just, you know, loving life. Um, can I ask you a tangential end question so that I did want to ask you? Um, so you create a lot, you produce a lot. And do you feel like it's like kind of the scattering of like you put so much out there? Sometimes it's hard. So I'm speaking for me, not about you. Mm -hmm. It's hard to like put enough structure on this to make it feel like I've done this project. I've like mm -hmm. to present to people the different aspects are you just happy to to put stuff out there and let people find your best stuff or how do you deal with this um yeah I think it can be a bit of a flurry of availability you know there's just so much happening and um 
I've, I've kind of gotten into TikTok because it's short and you can cover one thing, not even yeah. fully because I, I make them 30 seconds so that I can put them on Instagram too. So it's not a long uh, bit of information, but it's just a quick one. Um, but yeah, I can't, I mean, even that it takes time and everything takes time, but I think I just, I, it's, it's good because you connect with people who are interested in your work on the various sites. And then I always kind of have overarching kind of longer projects, projects working uh, at the same time. Mm, so you've different things going on. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's always a pleasure to see what you're creating. Uh, so Gramina Magat Kira, as we share, I was still there with Lethanyov. Gramina Magat, though. All right. Slán. Slán.